Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here back, a little Friday night delight. Joining me in the hot seat is Mr. Roy Hancock. How are we, Nick? Mate, we are here. We are geared up. Another massive episode, as we've been saying the last couple of weeks. All systems go to the playoffs now. Like, it is... You know, within the within the next couple of weeks, it really is for us as basketball fans the most exciting time of the year. Oh, absolutely! It's getting to the pointy end of the year. The final few spots of those playoffs positions are being set, and who knows? Like we might, it might take until the very last game of the season to sort of sort some of these playoff spots. It's it's tight. Well, just uh, we were saying just before we came on air, I said I would give anything to be in Rose position at the minute. Have a team that's already locked in. You know, you're not hinging on the result of every game as I am as a Lakers fan. For sure. Yep. It is just pure pandemonium. Like my heart rate, I reckon I've knocked probably 10 years off my life in the last couple of weeks. The way some of these games are going, yep. it's it's just too much for me to take. A few greys starting to set in, Nick. Fair Actually, funnily enough, somebody oh. did spot my first grey the other day. Oh, no. And I felt... I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Los Angeles Lakers, what are you doing to my man over here? It's no good for anyone. Silver I, uh, Fox soon enough. Hey, by the time the finals come around, I reckon I'll be pure white. <laughs> Something to look forward to there. Real George Clooney vibes about oh, it. Oh, huge. I, oh. I reckon I've pulled that off. I'd like that. Yeah, Guys, massive episode. As I said, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, two tremendous networks doing amazing things for us and a whole host of other content creators out there across the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. We are very, very, very thankful of all their continued support of us. So, uh, you know, love what they're doing. Absolutely. Just quickly, i tell you what, this ring light's doing wonders to uh, the old eyes uh, on the... Mate, you've got the, <laughs> the high beams on, don't you? Just about. full beamers on. It's, uh, although, it kind of looks quite cool, doesn't it? Like, the, uh, it does. if you're a YouTube um, watcher of the podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, do all that good stuff. But, yeah, be sure to check my man's eyes out here. They are looking... <laughs> Like, it's kind of like something you'd see in a movie, isn't it? Like it's the a, AI intelligence. It is. It's like very Terminator type stuff. But Will you I be will. back? I will be back, Nick. There you I go. I will be back. Don't you worry. Good man. Uh, just in the theme of quick shout outs, just wanted to give a quick shout out to two of our younger fans doing tremendous things down here in the basketball landscape in Tasmania. So a big shout out to Cody Quarrell um, doing wonderful things with the Southern Wolves and also Parker Earl with the Glenorchy Rebs. Just wanted to highlight these two young men doing great things at the minute in our basketball locally oh, um, and this. certainly have very bright futures ahead. So, you know, I've, I've made a couple of big proclamations with Josh Giddy, Dyson mm-hmm. Daniels, a few of these other players. Uh, this might be the youngest, youngest ones I've kind of got my eye on at the moment. So um, we've got the future of Tasmanian basketball here. Come back to me in a couple of years. This could age beautifully. Oh. So really appreciate all the support, lads, and uh, continue this. to kick goals. Absolutely. Now, I just want to give a quick shout out, one more, um, to both yourself and Lee. Lee, unfortunately, couldn't join us tonight. No doubt we'll be back on board next week. Yes. Now, I don't think you know where this is going. I, I absolutely don't. This yeah, is, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, I say it with kind of resentment a little bit, um, but a big <laughs> shout out to both you and Lee for making our fantasy basketball uh, grand final. Yes. Um, I hate to admit it, last week, goddamn Kyle Anderson, slow-mo for you, <laughs> absolutely torched me in our semi-final uh, matchup. Hence, I will be at best competing in the third-place playoff. Yes. Um, but great to see all members of the Daily Dribble up there. And uh, as things stand at the moment, Ro, a couple of days to go, are you in the uh, in the box seat? Oh, look, at the very moment, I'm projected to beat Lee. Now, I'm striving to go back to back and against Lee out of all people would love for it to happen. Um, But Lee has had, I'd say consistently along the year, the best season out of everybody. So going in with a bit of an underdog status, which I don't mind. Oh, we love that. Um, that. Everyone loves an underdog. They do. 
but a few days to go. So oh, we're looking forward to touching too. base on that next week. All the best for that, mate. Uh, and, thank uh, you very much. You know, anticipation's already building for our league next year. A little money league we're going to have. So start yes. getting your thinking caps on, guys. We're going to be running our first ever NBA prize pool uh, fantasy league. So if you're a fantasy player out there, um, we'd love to have you on board. Guys, let's get into some very quick odds and ends here. Starting with the news, first and foremost, that Ben Simmons has been ruled out for the remainder of the season, shut down indefinitely, um, has averaged 7.6 rebounds, six assists across the season. Now, the point I want to make, we've seen how good he can be when he's at his best. All-star caliber. All-star caliber, an incredible you know, DPOY candidate. But the fact is now, what happens to him? Do you still believe that he can warrant a spot in the league like as a as a big contributor for a team? Or do you think he's you know it's almost going by the wayside a little bit? Oh, I tell you what, Nick, my faith is running out quite quickly with Ben Simmons. And um it's a real shame, isn't it? Because we look at what his performance was at his absolute peak during those years at the Philadelphia 76ers. Absolutely. As you said before, um, depoy candidate, yep. um, all-star caliber type player. And then to drop off to the point where at the moment, I'm not sure if there's many teams within the league who really want to take a punt on him. If he doesn't come back to the to the nets, will there be teams putting their hand up saying, yep, I can persist with you, particularly given how he's been performing over the last few years? The only option I could really see, and I think of this just off the dome, mm-hmm. is a team possibly like, say, hypothetically, the Sacramento Kings. Mm. who are so def- uh, so offensive-minded just to bring a little bit of balance to that squad potentially. Mm. But again, even then, you know, as you said, Faith, I've just about lost all of it, I, I think, in Simmons. And it's, it's hard to say as a fellow Australian, you know, we don't yeah. like giving up on him. But the track record over the last couple of the years is horrendous. Oh, well, you can only go off what you've seen recently. And I'll tell you what, what we've seen recently has been absolute dog and it's, it's been awful. It's disappointing as well, just purely the fact he has not, even when he's on the court, on that offensive end, made any strides to improvement. No. Um, and it's almost as if it's almost as if it, the struggle for him is up here oh, is. mentally because yep. he, any other player with the skill set that he has and the potential he has would be putting in the work to improve Absolutely. it. We saw it with LeBron early days. Yeah. He was really sort of ordinary three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. You didn't trust him pulling up from beyond the arc. Yep. Over the years, as all great players do, they continue to work on their game. Their shortfalls are the main focuses over the offseason. Absolutely. And he hasn't taken those um, strides to to closing the gap between, you know. Where he's at and where he needs to yeah, be. Yeah, and exactly. it's a shame because he really is, I believe, in the perfect position in Brooklyn at the moment. Now, in Philly, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations oh, yeah. for as well as Brooklyn have done this year and they've kind of rebuilt their squad now, offloading those big names, Durant, Kyrie. Mm. There's not that level of expectation. So he's got a real True. opportunity to get on the court without the weight of the world on his shoulders and mm. perform. So uh, very interested to see what happens with Simmons over the coming months, year or two. Um, but I think he could uh, be on pretty thin ice in the league at the moment. Mm. I can't imagine too many teams taking a punt on him. Unfortunately not. Uh, just quickly, you know, we don't speak, you know, first to admit we're not huge college ball fans here, um, but we're currently down to the final four, March Madness. Uh, here we go. Did you happen to do a bracket this year, Ray? I didn't do a bracket uh, just for the simple fact that I'm usually out of it by right. about game two. <laughs> I, I, I think, in all honesty, I think I was game one or two. Yeah. Yep. And, I was, and, like, there's some ridiculous stat. You're more likely to be hit by lightning, like, tenfold yes. than completing the bracket. I feel um, like when you complete the bracket, it is the same feeling that you have when you submit your lotto numbers. Yes. You're like, well, 
there's no chance I'm really winning this, but let's just do it for a bit of fun. Do you reckon now I'll translate this to an example quickly from soccer. Mm. There was a guy, this uh, football manager, and yes. he, he was playing the game religiously. And he started with like pretty much the worst possible team, got him to, you know, world champions, whatever else. He was actually given an opportunity as a manager for a professional, for an actual legitimate soccer club off the back of his success in the game. Goodness me. If you were to complete the bracket, do you reckon, do you reckon you'd be getting offers, you know, <laughs> to do some of these things? I'd be getting, I'd be, people would be, You'd be I'm, revered. Yeah, people would be saying I'm Nostradamus or yeah, something absolutely. like that. That's that's an incredible effort. Yeah. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of fun. It, it is. is. Yeah. Well, as I said, down to the final four teams, we have got the San Diego State versus the Florida Atlantic Hours in matchup one. Um, just from what I've seen, you know, I've been paying a little more attention to it mm. this year, just trying to get ahead on the draft prospects. Ahead of the curve. Yep. San Diego's D looks, I think, too good in this one. Mm. Um, so I expect them to progress. In the other matchup, we've got UConn against Miami, Florida. Um, UConn's, I think it's to lose from here. They're the highest seeded team still remaining. Um, Jordan Hawkins has been the main destroyer so far mm-hmm. in the Elite Eight as such. Uh, expect him to have another massive showing. But just wanted to make the point, like it is an awesome college sport, isn't it? We down sure. here, it's just a different world the way they actually get around college sport. Well, up there, as far as from my understanding, they get around college sport more than they do so national sport. Absolutely. Like, like in college terms football. Of- yeah, in terms of like just intensity and love for the team, yeah, and yes. everything is riding on that result. Um, yeah, that's one of my main regrets actually. When I went to America, why didn't I attend a college game of some description? Because the I atmosphere, it, mate. oh yeah, well, I'm gonna have to head back at some stage. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. Oh, so so your pick is UConn. I've got UConn at the yeah. moment. Uh, they're the fourth seed. They've got Miami, San Diego, both five seeds, and Florida Atlantic hours, the ninth seed. Mm-hmm. But again, just as I said there, I think uh, the difference will be Jordan Hawkins. He's looked really good. I think we'll go pretty high in the draft. Mm-hmm. But I think next year, I'm really going to try, you know, we, we spoke about the last couple of weeks, how much goddamn basketball is on. You know, juggling the NBL, juggling the NBA. Too much. And I've, I've said to myself this week, oh, I really want to try and commit a little bit more to college ball. Mm. Mm. And I've been toing and froing because I just know it's such another massive workload to add. But, um, yeah, great stuff there. Love the passion and certainly looking forward to seeing how the final four plays out. Yep, exciting. Julius Randle, during mm. the week, suffered a sprained left ankle. Um, this was in yesterday's game, actually. Mm. Will be re-evaluated in two weeks. Now, if all goes well, he would be in time back for the start of the playoffs. Mm. But, again, he's certainly going to be cutting up fine, and that is on the basis that at the end of this two weeks, all is in, in good nick. Uh, for the Knicks, though, how are you? Do you have a, much faith in them, Roy? Like, how are you feeling about the Knicks? Oh, I tell you what, this certainly hasn't helped their case um, to go far in the playoffs. They were one of these teams, I think, heading into the playoffs with a lot of question marks. Um, they've certainly had a really impressive regular season, um, but to have someone like Julius Randle go down at this point of the season is just awful timing, really. Um, it's horrible in the sense that like ankles are touchy little things, aren't they? There's they a lot are. of moving pieces, a lot of ligaments, a lot of bits and bobs in that area. So I think if he were to be out, you know, for a significant amount of time, uh, I, I don't like the chances. I think they really need his offense um, for as much as for as great as Brunson's mm. been. Barrett can contribute. Julius Randle has been that main offensive outlet this season. Mm. So, you know, the, the natives in New York, I think, would be on uh, on eggshells at the moment. I think they would be. And I guess to answer your question, if they if they don't have Julius Randle or if they don't have a Julius Randle who is anywhere near 100%, which, I, I mean, at the moment it sounds like he won't be, even yeah. if he is back, uh, I don't have a lot of faith that they'll make it past that first round. 
with Julius Randle in there at more or less 100%. Yep. I, I think we said a couple of weeks ago, if they were coming up against the Cavs, I'd probably have them over oh, there. I think so too. It would be round. a wicked matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, so very interesting times there in New York. Likewise for the Minnesota Timberwolves at the moment. Today, just announced before we came on air, Naz Reed mm. will be out for an extended period of time after breaking his wrist. Across the season, averaged 11.5 points, five rebounds. Whilst being a real energy guy off the bench, and I think for that second unit, has probably been the pick of the players. I think so. I think so. And probably goes under the radar, doesn't he? He does. Like, And there's been games where this man just lights it up from the three. Like, mm. He's got a good-looking shot. And um, you know, as a Lakers fan, we actually play the Timberwolves tomorrow. Mm. Big, big game, Oof. that one. That's enormous. Two, two playing, battling teams as we speak. Um, I was certainly... You know, I hate to say it, I certainly wasn't sad to see today Nazare going down for that one. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got my agenda. Um, you do. You know, I hate to say it, I hate to wish ill of anyone, but it's uh, that's good news for me. It's pretty handy timing, wasn't Very it? Very handy mm. timing. And speaking of teams, the Sacramento Kings, mm. they get, you know, off the back of our shout-out at the top of the show, they get a big shout-out. A big congratulations. For the first time in 16 years, they ended the longest finals drought of any major US sporting team. Um, 16 years, they are now officially in the playoffs. What 16 a years ago. What were you doing 16 years ago, Nick? Uh, so what am I now? Shit, how old am I? I'm 24, 25 this year, so I would have been eight. Mate, I would have still been picking my nose and picking my pants, <laughs> I would imagine, at that point. Wasn't wasn't kicking too many goals. No, no, it's been a long time how between you? What would you have been, 13? Oh, 2006, I would have been, yeah, about 12, 13, <laughs> getting to just... the last years of primary school or elementary school for... Yes, for, uh, American viewers, but that um, big daunting transition into uh into the next step of, into of life. life. That's when life was simple, <clears throat> and um, to think it was that long ago that the Sacramento Kings made the made the playoffs is just mind boggling, really. But congratulations to them because yeah. they're one of these teams for me personally. All throughout the year, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for them to fall off, yes. and they just never have. Yep. And that's the most impressive part. Like, it's all well and good to have this really hot start at the start of the season. We've seen it from countless other teams Mm. in the past where we go, oh, are they, this might be their year, and then they drop off. But the Sacramento Kings have not done that. They've done it comprehensively as well. I'm just checking. Yeah, they're still third, as we speak, Mm -hmm. five games up on fourth. Like, they have, as a 46 and 30 record at the moment, like, they've come in and just, you know, mystified everyone's Mm. expectations. Like, I had them pretty lowly, I think. Um, but you know it's coincided with the beam. Why it, the beam? I think it has. Do you what? What do you honestly reckon is the driving force behind their turnaround? Because like, good question. It's it's a difficult one to answer because like we we know that Demontis Sabonis is a quality player, but it's like, do I think that Sabonis is the difference between their <laughs> them finishing like thirteenth and finishing third in the West? Absolutely not. No, it's um, not. I think a mindset. <laughs> A mindset um, change or something. I, I really don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I think what it is now, and I've said probably last year more so, and we both spoke about it mm. in the year before, like their ability to turn every game into a track meet. Mm. And under mm. Luke Walton, that's what it was. Whoever scores 130, 140 <laughs> points, you know, is going to win. And more often than not, it wasn't the Kings. Yes. And we said they needed to add a bit of a defensive identity, yet – they've almost doubled down yeah. on the offense side and are just scoring more points. Like seeing yeah. 150 now from the Kings is not, you know, an uncommon thing. Um, I love the acquisition of rookie Keegan Murray. Mm. I think he's been phenomenal. Also broke Donovan Mitchell's record during the week for most threes in a rookie season. 
it's almost like that went under the radar to a certain extent. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's it. Like, I just think they're a really well-rounded team. They've kind of hung their hat on offense, and as I said, just doubled down on it. Um, it's, it's quite funny, just, you know, they've got players, you know, we speak about Davion Mitchell, Keegan Murray mm. a little bit, who can play a bit of defense. But for the most part, there is none. Like, there no. is zero. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, you got Matty Delavadova riding <laughs> the pine, so he's not really <laughs> contributing in that in that way. Um, but Which begs to the begs to question, as I think we said last week, mm. about what might happen in the playoffs once the tempo slows, less possessions, you know, real grit and grind. These defenses really put the clamps on how the Kings will fare. So mm. uh, very exciting times. Whatever happens, though, if they were to get waxed zero and four in the playoffs, tremendous season. Great season. Taking nothing away from them. Who are they coming up against at the moment? So at the time of writing, they would be matched up against the Warriors. Now, Ooh. what an offensive just... Shootout that would be like. Did this... you? Oh, sorry to no, 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 no. Just before I forget, which I probably will. Did you hear um, Draymond's comments throughout the week regarding that potential matchup? No, I missed it. He's more or less said that that would be his preferred matchup, not because he doesn't rate the Sacramento Kings as a team, but just for the travel aspect. Oh yeah, absolutely. Between San Francisco and Sacramento, so much easier than having to go to walking distance Memphis or having to go to you know, halfway across the country. Yeah, to Denver there. Yeah, yeah to absolutely. Denver, um, which uh, supposedly he says isn't much fun to do. <laughs> um, so, oh, that would be a tasty little matchup. And we'll get into this probably more so next week and the weeks following as, as the playoffs really nut down on mm. us. But some of these matchups are just going to be enthralling. Mm. I cannot wait. Like in the East and the West, a lot to look forward to there, my man. Genu- genuinely 50-50 matchups, a lot of these ones. But, yeah, can't wait. Absolutely. Let's move ahead. Daily dribble. Now, kind of thought this week it would be a perfect opportunity. This is probably going to be one of the, the last chances we get to speak about these these teams that seasons are practically over. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not fighting for a playing spot. Their season is effectively done. They're making up numbers at this point. But I thought we'd actually uh, take the, the positive approach, the glass half full approach, like and try and thing. give a couple of compliments for these teams, trying to end their year on a good note. Would have been very easy to no doubt condemn them and point out all their flaws. Considerably harder pointing out something good. For sure. Um, but, yeah, just a good opportunity. Probably one of the last ones we'll have to speak about these teams. So. Yeah, I think so. And, look, throughout the course of the season, the teams that we're about to mention probably haven't been given much love at all. And when we no. have spoken about them, it's probably been in a, a negative tone. <laughs> negative tone. Uh, More often than not. But, no, let's uh, let's get started. Who have you got to start off, Nick? I might kick us off first and foremost with the Utah Jazz. The now, Utah Jazz, they yes. Are, they're in and around the mix, I believe. They're still just lingering. Uh, they're currently a game and a half back of OKC for mm. that final playing spot. But I think their season's effectively over. I think so, But yeah. the compliment I have for them, the Jazz have one of the best front officers within the league. Mm. Now, Bloody if oath. you look at the way they handled the departures of Mitchell and Gobert, it really, um, you know, that, w- that was a, a historic shakeup. Mm, for sure. And they got historic packages back in particular for Gobert there. Um, I think I love their approach of not trying to really win now, I guess. Um, they've been in and around the mix, clocking up wins the last few seasons, but they tried to strip it back, mm-hmm. build that asset chest to really go hand in hand with OKC and a couple of these other teams. Um, you know, I think they're going to be in really good stead for the next five to 10 years. And probably the biggest point has been they have already found the perfect replacement for Rudy Gobert. Walker Kessler across 23 minutes a game this season, he's averaged nine points, eight rebounds, two and a half blocks. He really could not have asked for a better rookie performance and a better guy to fill the void left by Gobert. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, for the majority of the season, he was pretty much on par with Rudy Gobert in a lot of 
key statistical categories, uh, which is incredible given the, the amount of money that the Timberwolves um, pulled out of their out back there. pocket for him. Oh, A-Rod uh, throwing out bills. <laughs> he absolutely is. Um, but, no, I like this and well-deserved as well because they were a team at the start of the year who sort of came out of the blocks really quickly. Oh, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. And you, you kind of always felt it was going to slow down a you little did. bit. You but did. They've been hanging around and even now there's like a lot of these guys are shut down, um, but there's still a team – you know, with these teams that are fighting for playing spots that you don't want to come up with, they're plucky. Exactly. They they remind me a lot. I don't know what you'll think of this comparison, Nick, but they remind me a lot of the Jack Jumpers in the fact that go. they don't necessarily have any superstars, but they've got yeah. a lot of guys who will try hard any given night. And as you said, which I think was summed up perfectly, they don't. Mm. you don't want to come up against them because they've, they've sort of got like a chip on their shoulder to they a do. certain extent. Yeah. And I see the Jack Jumpers in the same way. So... Do you think in terms of like the next couple of years, do you think they're in a good spot in terms of the players they've currently got? Um, there's a couple of contracts there looking probably Jordan Clarkson-esque players mm-hmm. that could be moved on. Um, but the draft assets have got as well in particular for that Gobert and Mitchell trade. They're, they're in a really nice position, I think, to really build, you know, it's not going to be next year, probably not the year <laughs> after, but, you know, over the, the, the late end of the 2020s, uh, I think they'll be a bit of a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think they've got a plan in place with those draft picks. That's always it. Always gives you optimism for the future. And I think they're not a destination, are they? They're going to have to do it by, by the no draft. Means, yeah, and it's sure. a law of averages, isn't it? The more picks you've got, the more chances you've got to get it right. And they're in a pretty good good spot on that front. Could they, by some miraculous outcome, land one of these two big dogs in the upcoming draft, or is that just too far fetched? Um, I think it could be a little bit far fetched, and mm. I don't think in terms of pardon me, <laughs> if they were to add one of them, yeah. Um, I don't know if it'd be enough to get them over that hump to mm. really make. I feel like it'd be kind of, you know, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. Uh, that's the expression, isn't it? Like, there's, there's not. You that... always get that one mixed up, but yeah, yeah I think yeah. you're right. The only, the only thing I'm thinking, <clears throat> but if they manage to pluck one of those two guys, just from a, we're talking about a destination when you have one of those two talents coming over it and we've seen it all throughout NBA history it just takes one really good guy to That's attract it. other very good players as well so yeah. who knows i think it's far fetched as well but it's it'd be a little bit of fun stranger things have happened oh absolutely um, give them uh, something to uh, to cheer about the jazz fans like because really they've would you say they've kind of underperformed a little bit over the last couple of years given their really strong regular seasons you know, the talented players they had, Mitchell, Gobert, Conley, all these other players, do you think they've kind of underperformed? They've not met expectations. Like yeah. They should have gone a little bit further. They have, no doubt. And I think they've sort of be- they became renowned for that over the last few years in terms of having really – Perennial underachievers. Yeah, absolutely. They had the like really impressive regular season after regular season, get to the playoffs and just flame out way earlier than they should have based off the regular season performance. So, um, yeah, really like the direction they're heading in, though. And it was a fun season to watch from the Utah oh, my Jazz. Word it was. Yeah, absolutely. Really big shout-outs to Laurie Martin. And even even yesterday, THT, former Lakers man, Taylor Horton Tucker, dropping 41. He's capable what? of that, isn't he? Oh. The, the, odd, the odd. He did the same thing about this time last year yeah, for the Lakers. he did. Uh, he did. So there you go. Great things happening out there in Utah. Roy, what have you got for us? Well-deserved. Uh, my first compliment of the day is to the Detroit Pistons. Put your hands up for Detroit. Now, there's <laughs> absolutely. There's no doubt that they've had 
absolutely shocked my season <laughs> in terms of wins and losses. But I tell you what, when Cade went out for the majority of the season, I think it was back in December, so he's been gone for a long while. And then we had Bogdanovich go down and you start mm. to think, oh, geez, this is going to get very, very messy. But the plus side to that was that they, once those two guys went down as far from ideal as it was, they suddenly didn't have as much pressure on them as they did beforehand. Because I guess when you've got like a guy like Kate and you've got some of these other younger guys, you think, oh, this team might surprise a few. And I think in our preseason predictions, potentially, we may have had them a few few spots higher at the very least. Um, But I was really happy with the fact that when those two guys went down, they had other silver linings to come out of it in terms of developing their young players, reviving some careers. The rehabilitation clinic, really, it were they? That's really what they turned into. Absolutely. So, for example, we look at Killian Hayes, and he's a oh. guy throughout the course of his career so far. We've been speaking of him as a guy who is on the next stop to China. He was out with Bledsoe there, out in the CBA. He (laughs) He, was very close. He was very close. But for some reason, and I think the Kate injury probably had a fair bit to do with it because obviously increased responsibility helps his case. Uh, He's had a career best season. He's averaged nine points, two rebounds, six assists. And this is a guy who, uh, as we were mentioning before, just – had absolutely nothing going for him in previous seasons. And he almost reached his expiry date, not only with the Pistons, yeah. um, but in the, the NBA as well. Looked a lot more composed, I think. It looked like he, he was trying to do everything a million miles an hour. And this year, it just took a breath. He and did. that might have been partly because, you know, the lack of expectations once Cade went down, possibly. Uh, but he just looked a more relaxed player and playing a lot better ball for it. And isn't it interesting because he looked more relaxed? There's no doubt about it. But he had, he must have had the world on his shoulders knowing that if he yeah. failed to play up to a standard that they needed him to, that was going to be his last season, I would have thought, in the league. Do you think for yourself, would you perform better, you know, having that, you know, if you, if you, you know, muck, up, muck around mm. here, this is pretty well last chance saloon, you're off to China. Like, that's mm. probably how it's going to be. Or do you think it's better having that for yourself, that arm around you? You know, it's going to be all right, mate. Just go out, play freely, do what you can. Um, or do you reckon you needed that little kick in the uh, kick in the ass? Uh, oh, it's a tough that one. It is a tough it one. It is isn't a it? tough one. Um, oh. I mean, in the position that he was in, which was like he he needed a reality check. He did. So I think for his particular position, to for someone to say, look, you're you're, you're going to China if you don't perform this season. I think that's probably helped. Yeah. If it was me though, like I. I personally don't want someone saying, yeah, we're going to dish you off. It probably doesn't fill you with a heap of uh, no. confidence. Every time you get the ball, you'd be shaking. You'd be like, oh, the next one, that's it. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be turnover city, wouldn't it? Oh, it would. But as I was saying before, yeah. like it's it's also been really impressive of the Detroit Pistons. We'd think of Jalen um, Duran and oh. Jaden Ivey in their first seasons, both really solid um, and you look at these two guys in their rookie year and you go, oh, these guys at times this year have seemed like they've been in the league for for years and years. They've been really impressive. Wade Duran gets bored, offensive bored. Offensive bored. Like he puts important. his body in there. He's elite at that already. In his first year, he's an elite offensive rebounder. No fear on the <clears throat> on the O boards. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, as I was saying before, the rehabilitation, rejuvenation of these guys' careers. We think of Marvin Bagley and James yep. Wiseman as the oh. two that spring to mind. He and was a bust. Both looked like big busts. Really sure. Yeah, yeah. It was just absolutely a godsend for both of those guys mm. because 
one of the worst feelings I can imagine as a guy who's been a very high draft pick is to come out and then for the for all of eternity be renowned as a bust. And It'd be you know, horrible, wouldn't it? And it, again, going to a place with low expectations, having that chance to kind of rebuild, work on your craft. Like Wiseman was playing in the G League yes. and effectively another player who was looked borderline done. Mm. Uh, what was his second overall pick a couple of years ago? Yeah. And yep. now he's actually playing valuable minutes, putting in contributions for a team. And I think it was almost a positive the fact that Bogdanovich and Cade went down because Cade especially, we know he's part of the team. He's mm. the franchise kind of cornerstone. Mm-hmm. It was a good opportunity to kind of, you know, see what else stuck. You know, these oh, other players, these sure. young players, do they fit? Are they going to be worthwhile? Do we kind of keep them in the team to build around Cade um, by giving them more ample opportunity? So I, I think you're spot on there. And my fear would have been if Cade did play, obviously a lot less responsibility on everyone else. Yeah. They wouldn't have been able to show out in the way that they have. So, yeah, my biggest compliment to them is the simple fact that even though they've had really significant injuries to, you know, arguably two of their most important players, other guys have had the opportunity to stand up and, yeah. you know, retain their spot in the league, rejuvenate their 100%. career, get their career ignited and off to a really hot start. So, um, yeah, really happy with what happened at Detroit, despite <laughs> the uh, win-loss. Was it 16 and 60 at the moment mm. for the Pistons? So a pretty bleak state of affairs if you look at it on face value. But, see, that's why we're doing it. It'd be very easy for people to judge these teams sure. purely on yeah. that. So uh, yeah. there are silver linings everywhere. Absolutely. Guys, before we move ahead, just want to say a big thank you for all the continued support. Be sure to keep it coming. Subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well as continuing to stay up to date with all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, for all the latest news as the playoffs approach. Good stuff. Beautiful. Let's get into number two. Now, let's take this with a grain of salt. It's almost a backhanded compliment. What Um, what have you done? My compliment for the San Antonio Spurs is the Mm. only way is up. Mm. Now, Mm. it's funny seeing this team. Like, we grew up in the age of, you know, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, seeing this kind of this dynasty team clocking up 60 wins multiple years in a row. Yes. Um, that's not the case anymore. We're not used to this type of performance from San Antonio, are we? 19 and 57 on the season. Um, you know, Pop's approaching retirement. Really, for me, they don't have anything exciting. They don't, you know, you look at these other teams, you've got Cade, Orlando, you've mm. got Bancaro, whatever. You've got players for these teams, but... The Spurs just don't have anyone that really excites me. Keldon Johnson, I had high hopes for going into the season. You know, that hasn't panned out quite as I'd envisioned. Um, Devin Vassell, you know, Devontae Graham, friend of the show, coming in. There's there's not a lot to like there, especially now Pirtle's gone as well. Like, if you look at their roster, it's uh, probably the, the highlight is Jeremy Sowen at the moment, mm. um, averaging 11 points, five rebounds, two and a half assists, one steal a game in his rookie season. Yet, for me, it doesn't feel like the player that you're going to kind of attach the cart to and, you know, the horse is going to pull pull that team to victory. I think so, yeah. Um, I, I put a quote down here, right? Mm. Now, you know how much I love the movie The Dark Knight. You do, a yes. Big shout out to Heath Ledger, iconic performance there as the Joker. Your favourite movie behind Jack and the Beanstalk, we know this. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. yeah. Mm. So I've gone with the quote from none other than Aaron Eckhart playing Harvey Dent, the night is darkest just before the dawn. Now, it is. I, I truly hope that the dawn is almost here for the Spurs because yes. they are a tough watch. <laughs> As I said, even watching the Rockets, you've got Green, Porter. There's players to actually take notice of, but on the Spurs, it's just kind of going through the motions. It is. It is no no doubt at all. When... And I try, I, I'm going to be honest, I tried hard to give them a legitimate compliment here. I really tried and looked up and down and, and searched for everything, but this is 
just about you know the high watermark that I could get for the Spurs. Yeah, I know what you mean. And to, <laughs> to be honest with you, I this is another another team that I've you know I'm going to give a compliment to as well. Oh, is yours a little bit nicer? Uh, a little bit nicer because I'm just thinking about I guess the position they're in versus the position that they could potentially be in due to the position they're in, if that makes sense. So that's like entering the matrix. There's all these <laughs> formulas and things going through my head, but I, I think I'm with you. It's a little bit of inception, but like the fact of the matter is that they had no choice, particularly yeah. given what the gold is at the end of the rainbow at the end of this season to dish off like their quality players. So we saw like a, a few years ago, they dished off tomato roads mm-hmm. and we saw this year they dished off Yaka Pirtle, yep. who's a so- really solid big man. Absolutely. And as you said, we're saying before, like they're in a they're in a really sort of ordinary state of affairs when they're being led by Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Ooh. Keldon Johnson. Oh, tough. It, it's it's That's a tough. it's a tough watch any given night watching the Spurs. But the fact of the matter is, they are now in one of the best positions to land a marquee guy for their franchise. Yes, it's not like they've consciously. Uh, I don't think they've consciously lost games because no. I just don't think they can, <laughs> had the capability in the first place. But the fact of the matter is that they're there, they have the chance. Um, and, you know, who knows? At Next season we could be looking at this Spurs team as a really exciting team if they recruit a scoot or if they manage to get Wemby. The big fish. Imagine. So let's let's just play that for a moment, that situation mm. with a Wemby. Mm. The, the beautiful thing is like they've pretty much cleared house. Like yeah, they can completely sure. now they're if, homeless. Oh, exactly. Yeah. If they were to get a Wemby, you know, you are starting from scratch. Yes. You can completely pretty well tailor that team around it. You've got your generational talent. As we've said, it only takes one big fish to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in that regard, I see what you're talking about. It's not a bad position if they were to land a, a Victor or a Scoot. Um, you can completely start from the ground up. As I said, the only way is up. For sure. So, you know, that would be huge for them to land one of those players. And, and despite everything, they're still don't have the worst record in the league. Yeah. Which, which is, is baffling. Unbelievable when you look at their uh, <laughs> list. But, like, don't get me wrong with the Spurs either. Like, even if they were to land one of these two big dogs, they're still going to be another, <laughs> like, the way that their list is constructed at the minute, they're still going to be another, like, three to four years away before they actually start to make any yep. significant inroads and start progressing back up the standings. There's a long, long road ahead. But, I mean, the very first thing for them to get back on track could be landing one of these to enormous talents and ironing out the coaching situation like yes pop you know bless his cotton socks he's been around since the uh, the dinosaurs were roaming <laughs> Stone and, age. uh you know for as great as he is and you know still trying to nurture and develop these mm-hmm. young players that's probably time with you know where they're positioned to actually just completely start afresh yes. and it's easier said than done because he's a franchise and league legend the leading all-time win collector for coaches mm-hmm. in nba history but you know, does it feel like the time? Um, what is his contract situation? Is he ending this year? Do you know? Um, he, I'm not quite sure, to be perfectly honest, in saying yeah. that. There was a video that I came across the other day where he was looking up at the rafters and looking at the banners, the San Antonio Spurs banners, and he looked very somber as if to say, I'm not going to see this in yeah. a head coach position for very <laughs> long. And I think he knows that his time's coming to an end. Oh, does. I think the Spurs potentially just need that completely new face mm. as incredible of a co- like 
one of the most important figures in the NBA's history in terms Absolutely. of head coaches. No doubt about it. Um, I think he knows his time's coming to an end and it's unfortunate to end like this, but... That's the way it goes, isn't it? That's the way it goes. It's the way the cookie crumbles. But, uh, yeah, there you go, the Spurs. Given I just had the Spurs as well, do you want to go again? And oh, okay. Yeah. It back to me afterwards. Yeah, mate, let's do that. Let's. Right. Uh, so my third one here is the Indiana Pacers. Yes. Now, love this. the Pacers, I believe, my compliment is, they have the core to take to really take them places. Mm. Um, despite losing their last four games, they currently sit with a record of 33 and 44. Uh, again, doesn't matter. Like we said this probably a month and a half ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that like they, they There was the potential for it to be shut down. But oh, take yeah, nothing away, they really showed themselves throughout the first half of the season what they are capable of. Yep. They had a fantastic roster. They had fantastic players across the board. They had fantastic youth coming through, rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I give them big props for actually settling Miles Turner. Yeah. He looked he looked gone. He was going to the lake because it looked almost dead set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he settled in, great seem locked in and, and really looked like he's enjoying his basketball again there. Buddy Hilled. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. But for me, the big piece, and we've said it a couple of times throughout the course of this episode, landing that first star is the hardest piece. And it they is. have got a bona fide superstar in Tyrese Halliburton. Um, you know, across the season, his third season in the league, averaging 21 points, four rebounds, 10 and a half assists, a steal and a half a game, and shooting the three ball at 40%. Um, you know, with him at the helm, you know, you look at these rookies coming in, Benedict Matherin, Aaron Naismith, mm-hmm. Andrew Nemhart. Um, along those more experienced guys in Hield and Turner, um, Chris Duarte there, mm-hmm. they're just in a really nice spot, I think. I'm I'm just stoked. Again, they could lose every remaining game. As I said, lost four on the bounce now. But this season has been a raging success, I believe. They showed enough. Oh, it gives you so much promise if you're an Indiana fan for the future. As you were saying before, to land that first guy, that guy who you know, even if like the playoffs aren't bound next year for them either, mm. a guy who will lead you there eventually. Like I have yep. no doubt in the coming years that Indiana will make their way back up the playoffs, hopefully land another few really handy pieces as well. And I just, I wondered to myself, like what kind of career, like when it's all said and done, will Tyrese Halliburton have? Like, is he going to be like a, like a CP3 type career, mm-hmm. yeah. a guy who particularly early days <clears throat> could do it, facilitating, could put the ball in the basket, yeah, D. Like it's yep. just he's got that kind of makeup, doesn't he? he slightly, does. slightly bigger than Chris Paul. He is. Yeah. Again, from cut from that same cloth, and I, I, it's hard to gauge, but I, I really think the sky's the limit with him. So do I. Um, yep. And it's funny. I was just about to mention. It's funny. Not often in the NBA do we have trades that almost feel perfectly balanced. Mm. You look at that Sabonis and Halliburton trade, and both teams pretty well got what they wanted out of it. Got better. Got the pieces they needed, and they're now both you know the Kings more so at the minute. Um, but thriving because of it. Like, you don't see that very often. More often than not, one team feels ripped off. Exactly. The amount of times we've seen these trades in the past where we've gone, you surely they didn't give up that guy yeah. for this guy or or something like that. And, yeah, it's worked out perfectly for both teams. Um, um, the Kings more so in the win-loss record. But I tell you what, in terms of the future overall oh. in Indiana, I'd be, I'd be stoked if I was a... Uh, Pacers fan. Okay, let's pose this question then. So what are we? We are in the year 2023. Yes, we let's are. Let's say by the end of this decade, which team do you think will be will have won a title or closer to a title? The Pacers or the or the Kings? Yeah, it's a great question, isn't it? Like we look at the moment, the Kings, they're third in the West. Do, does that necessarily mean they're 
Like, close. are they closer? You look at the landscape of the West as well, the mm. talent in there. Take into account probably Luca on the march over the coming years, set to dominate the the West on the East side. You know, Tatum and Brown are, are solid as it comes there. Oh, that is such um, a good it, question. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? And, you know, just off the fly, really thinking about it, I think it's splitting hairs. Mm. I'm going to back in. I'm going to back in the paces just because mm. I think out of both teams, I think Halliburton's the best player. Mm. And mm. that that's purely the only reason I'm saying it. I think across the Kings and the Pacers squad, Halliburton is the best player. I think I'm with you, and I think he's out of all the players on both teams. He's got the most upside as well. He, like he could legitimately turn into a guy who leads them to, who knows, like a top four berth. Like you just, he's that good. Could he be an MVP candidate as well? You look at, you know, he's putting up twenty plus points, twenty one points, and ten and a half assists. You know, if this team were clocking up a couple more wins, you'd have to think he'd be in and around the mix, don't you? I think so. And I, th- I remember we were talking about this months ago mm. now, and I remember saying that I believe he'll be in the in it or around the mark um, throughout the course of his career, really. Like, obviously more so when the paces start to progress back up the standings, yep. but he's just such an influential player. He's a flawed general. He's the perfect type of MVP. You know how there's certain players on your team who you can just – like to see winning an MVP yes. yep. because of just obviously how valuable they are Absolutely. in the award name. But I I can certainly see it. What about you? I, I think so. Mm. I, I think he's got all the makings of it. The Pacers get a few more wins. I certainly see it. And, you know, Indiana's not a destination as such, mm, but I think means. he's the kind of player that people might gravitate towards. Yes. I'm not saying they're going to land a LeBron James caliber player, but I think <laughs> he might be the kind of the piece that's able to lure in some of these you know, B-grade players to put around him. For sure. Um, so For sure. I'm really excited. Rick Carlisle's done a fantastic job out there in Indiana, loving what they're doing, and can't wait to see how they progress next year. Speaking of Rick Carlisle, he dodged a bullet, didn't he? Did Getting he? out of Dallas. Oh, he did, didn't he? Bloody <laughs> oath, he did. Big, big we, bullet. We, uh, we spoke about, if you're watching this on the uh, on the old YouTube, um, in the background, you've seen it oh. every week in and week out for the last couple of years, Roe investing heavily in the signed Luka Doncic jersey. Um, mate, the in terms of investment, it looked like it was shooting upwards. Trajectory was looking great, and it's just taken a nosedive the last couple of weeks in particular, hasn't it? It has. The value associated with that jersey is very much dependent on Luca staying mm. in that jersey yeah. for, a, for a little bit longer at least. And we picked him probably for MVP. Did we all of us this year? I think he was in and around. I picked Giannis, but he was in okay. and around the mark. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I'll tell you what, I might need to – I might need to sell early, potentially. I was, I was just about to say, are you, you know, do you go with your head or your heart? Do, do emotions take over? You see the value start to plummet? Do you offload quickly and try and recoup a bit of the value? Or do you uh, do you wait it out? Like, gotta, we know how good he is. you got to know when to hold him. Know, know when, when to, to fold him. Absolutely. It's so, just... um, you know, here's, I reckon you would, you know, as we said, Boston have all but wrapped up their spot. A very impressive win over the Bucks today, beating them by nearly 40-odd. Yep. Um, but now I think your attention probably turns to the remaining five to six games of uh, of the Mavs season, don't they? Hoping they can claw a playing spot. I think so. And if uh, if they don't, if you can expect to see it on Gumtree, oh, Gumtree. eBay. I'll be trying to dish that off. Do you want to, uh, I was about to say, I was just about to say, do you want to put forth for any of our listeners a little uh, promo code, but you know, there's probably not <laughs> enough value in it to now, you know, start discounting them more. Yeah, so. exactly right. Yeah, oh, there's a lot riding on Luca at the minute. I'm, all, I'm behind you, mate. Beautiful. Let's push ahead. What is your next one there, Rock? Uh, my final uh, compliment for the day is to the Orlando Magic. Yeah, and I, I think they deserve praise for showing us enough this year 
to be to be really excited about what we can expect in the future from from them, mm-hmm. um, and none more so than their franchise player this year and their franchise player going forward. Paolo Banchero, he's just had such an incredible rookie season. Unbelievable. Locked up rookie of the year probably week one, didn't he? That was <laughs> no all joke. He actually he did. did. He did, no, no doubt. No one has come close. You know, Jalen Williams, um, you know, a couple of these Pacers players have been in the top three, but he has been rock solid. Yeah. They were just making up the numbers. This guy's just held the mantle for the entire year, averaging 19, 6 and 3 and as I was saying before, he's their franchise player now he's in his first season, but he's also, for the foreseeable future, going to be the guy who's associated with that franchise. And that's yep. the kind of guy you would love to have associated with your franchise. Um, Similar to almost Cade, isn't he? You, yeah. You know, in that yep, sense, I, I yep. just thinking of it, then see similarities and the way they've kind of taken over these teams, that kind of that come in as real men. Um, for and, sure, and asserted yep. themselves for sure, and it's not afraid either. Like we saw mm. in the preseason games, he was com- who was he coming up against? He was coming oh. up against someone, and they weren't. Oh, I, I can't know, remember I, exactly yeah, who yeah. it was, but he wasn't backing down. That's for sure. Um, but the other thing that I, I've loved from the Magic this year is the fact that they seem to have so many players. Really solid Just players who players. can accompany oh. Paolo Banchero going forward. We look at Franz Wagner. He looks like he'll have an extremely solid career go- yep. <laughs> going forward. Um, he's averaging 18 points this year, and he's only in his second season in the NBA. Looks really is, good. Which is really impressive and probably gone under the radar given how good Paolo's been this year. So, Do you think having Mo there as well, the brother? Mo there. Certainly, hel- certainly helps. Got the, got the brother connection. Obviously, yeah. Franz is the, the guy out of those two, but... I think they're both going to contribute really well going forward. Wendell Carter Jr. Now, mm. this is a guy who looks really at home at the Orlando Magic and a guy who we were hoping he wouldn't sort of fade into the shadows throughout the course of yeah. his career. But early days, it was looking quite worrying with injuries. And and that battle battle between him and Mo Bamba, who would actually yes. kind of yep. – who would get that spot? Um, they ended up playing with them both for the, the most majority mm. of the season, should I say. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really come along well. Yeah, oh, he's head and shoulders above now. And even guys like uh, Markel Fultz, who's in all key statistical categories, is having a career best season. Another nearly bust, you could have said. 100%. mechanics, everything about him, a number one overall pick. And that was that in the Tatum draft? Uh, yeah, I think that was, was the Tatum a, draft, yeah. How horribly did that age? But, you know, it still doesn't <laughs> look great. Um, but he's really made huge strides and, again, contributing. For sure. He's avoided that bus tag now, yep. which is really, um, really good news. And the last one I want to touch on, because there's there are a lot of players, but Bol Bol. Now, Bol, Bol, he, Bol. he started the year Big on Bol. fire. Oh. He's, he's cooled down, admittedly, over the last little bit. But from a guy who, now, out of everyone, we're talking about Killian Hayes before in terms of like being out of the league almost. Mm. This is another guy who was just hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Bags were packed, weren't they? Yeah, pretty much gone. had the name tag on ready to put in the carousel. I he, he did, he no doubt. There. And um, he's just like he was most improved player in contention at the start of the year. And there's no doubt, even though he won't win that award, he's improved massively. My man's got a handle too. Yeah, he Some does. Players, if you've, if you're bored and got nothing better to do after listening to our show, of course, go on to YouTube and look up Bulbo highlights. Like he has got like some, some real craft to a his game. Guy who is built like slender man shouldn't be able oh. to have those kind of handles. He's all limbs, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Imagine <laughs> if he bulked up. Like I know, it is hard, probably genetically. Like I struggle to put on muscle as well. I dare say mm. for him, he struggles. Mm. But imagine a buff 
Bowl Bowl. Buff Bowl Bowl would be a legitimate problem for anyone who went up against him. Nightmare inducing, I would think. Oh, I think so as well. It could be Giannis 2.0, yeah. but with a bit more height. But yeah. Um, yeah, well done to the Orlando Magic though, this, this season. There's been really promising signs. Haven't got it done in the win-loss column. That's fine. There's plenty of time mm-hmm. for this team, this young team with plenty of talent to turn things around. Could be adding another really good talent over the off-season through means of the draft, but time will tell. The amount of players, you look at Suggs, you look at um, Cole Anthony, there is, they are a deep team and they're, yeah. you know, they're certainly not world beaters, not saying that, but they're just a lot of really competent players. Solid. That, if they were looking to trade up, you know, package together, I, I reckon they'd get some decent assets for. So, oh, yeah, for in sure. a really good spot, I, I agree 100% with you there, right? Yep. Mate, there you have it. We've rattled through six compliments. As we said, one of the final chances we'll probably speak about these teams that season is practically over. Um, all attention now will shift towards the teams that are going to be vying for playing spots, mm. for playoff spots. A lot to look forward to there. It's uh, As I said, it, for us as basketball fans and content creators, it's the most exciting time of the year. Oh, it is no doubt. Just off the fly, this one might have you going a little bit. Yeah. If there was any team in the league who you just simply for the life of you could not give a, give a compliment to, who would you not? Who could you not give a compliment to? Who could I not give a compliment to? This is hard at the moment. Um, I would probably say the Portland Trailblazers. Oh God, uh, yeah, you'd just, be scraping just the bottom of the it. barrel. Charlotte it probably would be would be tough. Um, you say I could give the Rockets one, I think. Mm. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm going to say Portland. Yeah. I'm going to say Portland. What I, about you? I th- and, uh, like I think Portland's right up there. I think Chicago as well. I think Ooh, yeah. a team who we've. Been, they've been in our bad books for a long time, particularly given um, they haven't made any, you know, real moves in one direction or another. We know how much we both hate that um, not, not making a move, Zane. being mediocre throughout the season. And Shout out to Apex. He's a, it's not a great time to be a Bulls fan. We love oh, what you've got to make. You know, loving seeing your videos and things during the last week or two. You're really repping the Bulls hard at the minute. Um, hope for your sake, they look, they're two games up on Washington. Mm. We'll probably clinch a playing spot. But they're a real Jekyll and Hyde team, aren't they? Like one night they look fantastic. Like in their back-to-back against the Lakers, mm. they the first game looked fantastic, really kind of put them to the sword. Game two, the starters were just woeful. Exactly. Like negative yeah. 20, 25 when on the court, the starters. Mm-hmm. So you just don't know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis out there in the Windy City. No problems. Tough times. Guys, mm. as we said, a big thank you for all the continued support. The socials, everything's going to be gearing up now. The playoff basketball is it's just around the corner. Mm. Um, so to stay up to date with all the latest news, be sure to follow all them, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, as well as subscribing wherever you listen to the show, whether that's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, and despite not recording last Monday, uh, we'll be back next Monday, touch wood, fingers crossed, mm. recapping everything from NBL Free Agency. Um, I know <sighs> both of us are quite sad as we speak. Uh, we've Isaac, actually we've actually had to hide our emotions quite well throughout the course of the episode. Sorry, Nick. No, coming. no, you're right. Our boy Isaac White, big friend of the show, love oh. everything you do. He's doing on the court and off the court, just a ripping bloke. Has officially signed with the Brisbane Bullets. Um, great to see. Just before while we were on air, actually, I saw he replied to our our story or oh, message. Stuff. Um, yeah, good bloke. Just, just a ripping bloke. So I wish him all the best in his future endeavors. But. Uh, We'll be back to recap all the latest news from that one, guys. So be sure to uh, keep your eyes peeled. Please do. Till then, from myself and Ro, um, Lee in the imaginary position there, we can't wait to speak to you guys next week. Enjoy another fantastic week of ball. If your team's in the playing pitcher, just take a couple of deep breaths.
Uh, I know I'm going to really make that my focus for this week. So hopefully by next week, no more greys have sprouted. Just unclench that little bit. I know the shrimp is feeling quite tight. Very tight. But no, just breathe. There you go. That's That's the goal for the week. Till then, guys, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.